If you're like me, your number one movie on your Halloween watch list is Hocus Pocus. It's what you grew up with and it's what you know. So when they announced Hocus Pocus 2 was coming out, and as that day got closer and closer until finally it was here, you were concerned, are they going to actually serve the sequel justice? Well, that's what I am here for. I'm going to let you know whether they served, whether they slayed, or whether they neighed. <laughs> Stay tuned to find out if it's worth the watch. Camera speed. Sound production, take one. Hello, all my lovely cinephiles, Halloween lovers, and nostalgia movie watchers. I am Avery, your lovely host of the Unbound Cinefem podcast, the podcast for bibliophiles and cinephiles alike. I'm coming at you this week with a much anticipated movie of this year, but for the last two years, should I say? I don't really know when they announced that this sequel was coming out, but I know that we we were looking forward to it for, for many, many years. And so it's finally arrived, Hocus Pocus 2. Before we get into all of that, let's talk about it. What are we watching? What am I watching? I'm re-watching Shameless. I think I already went through that last week. I finished The Matrix. I watched all of Nightmare on Elm Street. No, no I'm not going to say all of it. I watched 1 through 3. 4 is not on HBO Max. And it's upsetting because I don't want to watch 5 until I watch four, but I, but four is not on there, and I really don't get why, I don't understand it, but anyways, yeah, they have almost all of the Nightmare on Elm Streets on HBO Max, so I spent my, um, weekend, last weekend, watching all of those, and it was a good time, I, I actually bought a Nightmare on Elm Street 3 Dream Warriors shirt from Walmart, because they have them, I had seen the movie before, but, I just didn't remember it, <laughs> um, but I, like, you know, I bought the shirt because I liked the shirt, and then when I watched it, I realized this actually might be one of my favorite Nightmare on Elm Streets. Unpopular opinion, I don't know. That's for y'all to tell me, but I love the diversity that, that it has, and I feel like two just kind of diverted from one, and then three is bringing it all the way back. This is definitely not an episode about Nightmare on Elm Street. We can definitely have one of those maybe sometime soon. But <laughs> for right now, I'm not going to get too much deeper into that. But that's what I've recently been streaming. As in terms of in terms of series, I haven't really been been watching many just besides Shameless. I don't know why. It's just one of those periods, you know. Let's get into what you all came here for. Hocus Pocus 2, right? I grew up on Hocus Pocus, loved that movie, and so I was very excited for Hocus Pocus 2. However, I will say, knowing that it was coming out on Disney+, Plus, which, I mean, we, we all suspected that it would, but I feel like in terms of remakes slash sequels that we've seen in the past three, four years, is that they take this odd turn where they don't necessarily target the audience that the original movie was made for. They target it for a newer audience, a younger audience. 
And so the people who were excited for that sequel, remake, whatever it is, end up not liking it because it just is not palatable to them. And I think that's disappointing. I, I can see why the... um why the production team would go in that direction with that movie because it's like well yeah you love this movie so now a younger generation can love this movie get it i do but i feel like you do there is a bit of fan service that should be dedicated to those who loved the loved that movie at the time that they did so with hocus pocus 2 that's what i was afraid of i was afraid that it was going to be too gen zified if that makes sense. Kind of like how people were afraid of bodies, bodies, bodies. I was afraid that it was going to be just like one big like Gen Z, just cringe fest, right? You know, I was afraid that the humor would be too, too dependable on today's internet culture and stuff like that. But... I was actually pleasantly surprised with what I found. <laughs> and I really honestly, I didn't do a lot of research into the movie before watching it. Like I, I didn't keep up with the updates for the movie. I didn't see where they were going to be taking the direction of the movie or anything. I just knew the original three witches were going to be in there. And that's all I cared for. That's all, that's all I needed to be happy. I watched it the night that it came out. I will not spoil it yet for those of you who have yet to see it. But I will say, it's just one of those movies that, like, there aren't a lot of spoilers, you know. But I will say, watching it as a as a child versus watching it as an adult, completely different. And I think that we, you know, we see those things in movies that we used to watch as kids versus watching them now. And that's one thing that this movie did. I think this movie recognized that they were going to be having a wide range of people watching it. You're not going to just have one particular audience watching it. You're going to have those who are looking for that touch of nostalgia. They're looking for a new Halloween favorite. They're looking for a, sh a movie to share with their kids. Then you also have, like, those kids who are looking for a family-friendly movie. And so they really wrapped that up, packaged it nicely. It plays, like, a nice opposite to Hocus Pocus 1, where the main character of Hocus Pocus 1 dispels witchcraft, Halloween, all things like Salem. You know, he thinks they're all a bunch of lies, and it's just a bunch of stuff to make money and everything like that, which... He's not completely wrong. In Hocus Pocus 2, the main character is someone who looks into witchcraft. And I th that is sort of a testament to today's generation, today's younger generation of Gen Z. And millennial, but mainly Gen Z, where we do embrace spirituality and spiritual tools such as crystals and sage and various herbs you will find more people who embrace some sort of quote-unquote witchcraft versus those who don't that's one of the reasons why 
they chose to go in that direction was because it's just very relevant for today's youth and that that's not the only moment where they do that and that's one of the things that I liked about it I liked how they use today's culture but not in a cringy look into the mirror type of way they really just used it to enhance the dialogue to enhance the humor it, it played a background character but in a very strategic way for example whenever they're all trying to find brooms to fly on Winifred finds an actual broom from you know some sort of Halloween um, marketing promotion thing and Sarah finds her she gets like a Febreze Swiffer mop or whatever and then Winifred finds two Roombas and the Roombas are what fly her even those Roombas they serve in multiple ways to the story which I thought was very very smart you know then because you have all of these different like advances in skincare and skin products they make jokes about how there are children's souls in in the lotions of the skincare lines like there, there's various jokes and pokes made at those and of course I'm not going to say them just so that you you have the opportunity to laugh at them when they come up but I just think that those little moments were so that they were just really smart and creative and I think both Hocus Pocus 1 and Hocus Pocus 2 do a good job at taking these societal and technological advances for that time and using it to their advantage. Of course, Hocus Pocus 1 was um, set in 1993 and it was filmed in 1992-3. So at the time, there wasn't something to... There wasn't something for viewers to look back on and say like, oh my gosh, things have changed so much like we're able to do with Hocus Pocus 2. But because the Sanderson sisters hadn't been alive si since the 16, 1700s, they still pointed out certain things that they weren't used to. Vacuums. I remember Mary being scared of vacuums because of the noise that they were making they didn't know what a dog was or like they reacted a certain way to a dog like the the bus they were they reacted a certain way to the bus in in the original one so you know you have their reactions then and then you see hocus pocus too and you see all their um, reactions to those but you also kind of empathize in a way with them because you're able to spot those differences between 1993 and 2022. Another thing that I liked was they show flashbacks of the younger Sanderson sisters and so you see from where Hocus Pocus 1 you saw the glimpse of them when they were getting hung in Hocus Pocus 2, you get the glimpse of them before all of that as 16-year-olds. 16, 15, and 14, probably. And I, f I think that those actresses did a great job at emulating those personalities of each sister. And you saw those little quirks. And I think, like, you know, for the actresses who are the Sanderson sisters they're able to jump right back into it because they created those characters. 
but to play the younger versions of them and because they have their specific quirks I think that they did a really good job particularly Winifred and the younger version of her she did amazing and the younger version of Mary they both did really really good and I loved seeing that another thing that I thoroughly enjoyed in this movie was that Hocus Pocus 1 kind of plays into this metaverse within the Hocus Pocus realm. So, of course, it takes place in Salem, but in Hocus Pocus 2, you see hints that Hocus Pocus 1 exists in this setting. You have people watching the movie, you have people dressed up like different characters from the original movie, and I think that's a fun aspect because you have Easter eggs particularly in the movie already, but then to have everyone in this newer movie aware that the original exists and they share that same love that you have for the movie, it kind of just creates a bonding connection between, you know, everyone in the movie and the person who's watching the movie. And even the Easter eggs, I loved every single Easter egg, and there were so many, and I probably didn't even catch them all, but I feel like you can't have a sequel to a movie and not have Easter eggs from that original movie, especially if it's not going to be a continuation of the original story, but, you know, you're going to have newer characters and newer um, stories to follow. Like, you have to pay homage to that original movie one way or the other. I think this sequel did amazing with that. The Salem Magic Shop where Gilbert works at is the Sanderson Sisters' old house and also the Sanderson Museum, which was in the 1993 movie where the characters lit the black the black flame candle for the first time. You also see a black cat that resembles Binks in the Salem Magic Shop. The other Easter eggs include... The there's characters from the original story as Halloween characters in this movie. So if you remember Max's mom in the first movie, she was dressed up like Madonna. And so in the flash mob scene in this newer movie, there's a character dressed up like the same exact Madonna from that one. And then, of course, you do have the um, Satan character and his wife from the first movie, who I'm pretty sure the Sanderson sisters call him Master, they have been turned into Halloween costumes. And I think this kind of attests to the way that our society creates fan bases and fan culture. And so because Hocus Pocus has such a large fan base, I think this movie was really created based off of the love that it's gotten over the years and so kind of putting that factor into the sequel just kind of shows that they're aware of the love and they're aware of the appreciation and of the fans and so I think that's cute. (laughs) This movie has a lot more of an overarching message to it than the original one. At least at least to my knowledge, I, you know, I've watched the the first one 
um, multiple, multiple times. But I think this one makes a greater stance on terms of womanhood and defying societal expectations for women. Now, witches historically, fictionally, have always been a symbol for society's fear of women growing up. And I think Winifred's backstory is perfect for that. Now, I won't get into that uh, because I think that it's very special to the narrative of this particular story but I think between that and then the new three main characters who are in a trio friendship it all ties together nicely I also do like the way that this movie the main character is in a trio friendship and they you know kind of do have this face off with the Sanderson sisters so it really just further pushes the importance of female friendship. This female trio friendship has been torn apart by a boy. And so it just shows the power of, you know, withstanding everything that might tear you apart and sticking together. Because, you know, it, I'm pretty sure there's a, there's a saying of like the powers of threes or something like that. The power in threes, the power of threes. Something like that. I don't know. Google it. <laughs> but there were a few things that I didn't like. And these weren't strong dislikes at all. I just... It was just things that I was like a little disappointed with. But not very strongly. So like for one, um, just a heads up. Billy talks. Billy comes back from the dead again. And he talks. He has a voice. And I didn't like it. But I will say that it serves the plot. So it's not for nothing. He actually, he has a purpose. But I just liked him a lot better when he didn't talk. I also really hoped that they would sing Put a Spell on You. I think that scene is so iconic. You, like, you can't have Hocus Pocus without Put a Spell on You. That musical number was beautiful but the song that they chose instead was still good I can see why they didn't choose put a spell on you I understand it I just feel like it's so iconic and you know either way no matter what they were gonna sing they were gonna serve either way they were going to serve they were gonna slay and that indeed they did that's really all of uh my notes on Hocus Pocus 2. I didn't really expect this to be a long episode because there's not a lot for me to comment on. I want you all to watch the movie and enjoy it and feel like a kid again and I hope that you're not disappointed with what they did with this movie. I know that there were a few people on Facebook who like were upset that it was a quote-unquote musical as two musical numbers and even even in one of those musical numbers like the characters are very hyper aware of the fact they're like I don't know who they're singing to because who are you singing to even if it was a musical why are you being a hater musicals are musicals musicals are in they've never been out they've always been in and if you're a musical hater it's because you have no taste and that's all 
that is going to do it for this episode. Like I said, I wasn't expecting for it to be a long episode, but I just really wanted to kick off the first week of October with this movie because it had such a perfect release date and what a way to ring in the Halloween month. Yes, I know Halloween is one day of the month, but it's the, the it's the entire month. Who, who are we kidding? So I hope that you have your Halloween watch list ready, prepared. I hope this is a part of it as well as the first one. And if you do need any suggestions for what to add to your watch list for this month, head on over to my Instagram because I did post a Halloween watch list. It's very informational. I will say it's a mix up of what kind of watch lists you're used to. I'll tell you now, you're not going to see Beetlejuice on there. I'm sorry. I just feel like we all know. We know that we know to watch that during Halloween. You can find that on my Instagram at the Unbound Cinefem Pod. You can also find me on Twitter at the Unbound Cinefem. And then I'm also on Letterboxd at Avery C-O-F. I have yet to rate this movie on Letterboxd. We all know I'm going to rate this movie a 5 out of 5 for old time's sake. But you can still go on there, see my other reviews, see what reviews I'm posting currently, and interact with me. I want to see what movies you all enjoy, what movies you're rating. And don't hesitate to reach out to me on any other social media platform. I'm interested in the movies that you love, the movies that you hate, the movies that just absolutely rip you apart and disgust you. Let me know. This is Avery signing off. I can't wait for you all to see what I have in store for you this month. Um, All right, y'all stay safe and I'll catch you next episode.